1: Hello everyone, today's show is brought to you by HyperX. They are makers of premium gaming peripherals and they are offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. Terms and conditions apply. Head over to uk.hyperx.com, that's H-Y-P-E-R-X.com to read the TNCs and use the discount code RANGERS at the checkout. I've got one of their headsets and it is absolutely superb it is fantastic next generation stuff so if you are a gamer and uh, certainly with what we've been going through in the world over the last 18 months I think all of us are picking up the consoles a wee bit more often than we did in the past then head over there to uk.hyperx.com and use the discount code rangers for 20% off everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast of the champions. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host as always, and joining me this week is an all-star stellar cast, even if maybe they're not all quite feeling stellar today in the aftermath of a splendid Old Firm victory and of course the first day the pubs were open for football. Joining me this week are Ian Hogg.
2: Feeling very splendid today as well
1: The wonderful Caroline Morrison
0: Yeah, I'm probably on the end of the scale where I'm feeling a bit better than some podders
1: (laughs) And uh, the usually mellifluous master of melancholy Martin Ramsey
3: Uh, You have to trust me, I feel a lot better than I sound
1: Uh, the last time I saw Martin, folks, was uh, late in the evening on Sunday night when uh, we were hugging each other and we both bought you aftershave. We were smelling each other and we'd just been quite amazed at how good we smelled. Almost we speculated as good as Stephen Gerrard. But all of us were feeling pretty good, Caroline, after an absolute demolition derby. Rangers went out a bit between their teeth. Took advantage of Celtic's weaknesses. The manager spoke about it before the game. And we talked on the show, and I'm going to come to Martin on this because he was on a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned this about Rangers perhaps needing a statement win. Not needing, you know, we're winning the title and the pictures of 55 will be enough, but maybe deserving a statement win for this team. And yesterday they provided that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all felt it was coming uh, because we have shown quite a bit of dominance in all the fixtures this season. And finally, everything coming together and us piling on the goals in addition to those dominant displays was just fantastic to see um, and, and completely deserving. I mean, there's very little, I think, that um, even Celtic fans could complain about uh, about the result yesterday. Normally they've got some gripes with referees, but what oh,
1: they
0: they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. In all honesty, though, your your slightly more sensible-minded uh, Celtic fans will will acknowledge that that was you know a fantastic display, and and they were nowhere close to us. And yeah, for for Gerrard especially, the way that he has set goals with the team, um, you know they're clearly highly motivated, and you can hear it even in their language and in interviews. They've all got these common goals. They're laser-focused, and it was just a matter of time before something like we saw yesterday happened.
1: Uh, you're more sensible Celtic fan. Caroline is taking us into the realms of science fiction there, I believe. But uh, no, I, I know what you mean. I always find Celtic fans are all right individually. It's when you get them together that they seem to go into the, the Borg, the, the hive mind, <laughs> and then it's all referees and masons and whatnot. Martin, it was you on this show a few weeks ago, and you said that... You felt a coughing was coming, you felt that a doing in an old firm game was due and that this was the opportunity. Uh, the players seemed to take your words on board, my friend. Yeah, I'll take the credit for it. Um we we did need it.
3: Uh, we've we've been on the the wrong end of those far too often, as we know. <clears throat> we've dominated old firm games and you know one one nil or two one. But we we I think the fans just needed that that kind of headline one. And it's funny that the difference that the fourth goal makes to the whole afternoon. Um and yeah, they they just believed and Celtic also believed that it was inevitable the Rangers were just gonna cruise to it. Um the body language was just terrible um <laughs> and, and we we terrified them. I mean have you ever seen anyone score an old firm equalizer? And looked like they just been <laughs> knocking about and at the pits in Paisley and Paisley <laughs> did not give a fuck. And it it, it was it was that it, there's Murti really, there, Murties there, bless them. Um and Ken kind of personified, I think, that the whole the whole attitude, just give us it, and we can we can really do a turn.
1: Ian, uh as Sean Deitch was saying there. Uh, Ryan Kent was absolutely outstanding yesterday just, just a, a genuinely tremendous performance and the manager spoke about afterwards they wanted him to do what he does to Scott Brown which I thought was a, a fantastic line um, slight change of shape uh, in the usually Rangers play with the two number 10s being the striker yesterday they pushed Kamar Roof up front with Alfredo Morelos uh, with Ryan Kent in behind and causing Celtic problems all day now. Ryan Kent rebels in these games. We've said this, we know this. This is nothing new. This is you know not anything that that I don't think any Rangers fan was aware of. But yesterday, he, he personified to me this desire of I am going to rub your face in this, not by tying scarves to posts or anything like that, but by I'm much better than you, and I'm going to show that.
2: No, by doing it the right way. Um, yesterday I I was incidentally I was I was a little bit apprehensive about yesterday, David. I I wasn't in the mindset of we just have to turn up and we're going to give them a cuffing. There's there's someone that's lived through nine in a row, or nine in a row, um, and watched us be on the baby probably for about four to six weeks and then lose or draw to Celtic. So so I wasn't quite sure what we were going to get. But maybe after the first 10 minutes or so, we settled into the game and we just dominated. We dominated for a full 80 minutes and Kent was sensational. They are utterly terrified of them, of Ryan Kent. And I mean, the players and the fans, any time he gets the ball, there's two or three of them around him. If they forget, if you like, or if he happens to pop up in a space and it's a one on one, you can see them shitting themselves. Um, and trying to race over. And all it's doing is just pulling everyone, pulling the defenders and the midfielders about and leaving us space to run into. And I think that's what Roof did very, very well yesterday. Morelos might be holding up, Roof running in behind. I thought that the, the, the tactics worked perfectly. But when you've got the still images, like Kent roaring at Scott Brown because of scored, like one of their defenders literally pulling the shirt off of Kent's back, uh, and then trying to trip him up when he's miles away, um, he was he was utterly superb. But uh, I would say middle to front, and that includes the two full full-backs. I thought we were we were really really superb yesterday.
1: Yeah, Caroline, I think that that something that Ian touched upon there was the way that that Kamaru so intelligent he's he's used to the ball he's he runs the way he makes space the way he creates space for other people takes defenders away for other people that's the kamar roof that we saw earlier on the season that we saw um, in that crucial period really where he was on fire for a few months and then we haven't seen him culminating in a, a really really disappointing performance against St. johnston in the cup but that's how you answer the critics and both his goals were superb, I mean, in different ways. I just thought the interplay with Borna, there was an inevitability to the goal as well. As soon as he, he started that run and, and Borna looked up, he thought he, the, there's a goal coming here. But that first goal, that is a level of intelligence in a footballer that you don't often see in the Scottish game.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and I'm probably not the only one here. I've seen a few people mention similar. I wouldn't have been upset if Ruth hadn't have started the game yesterday. I was probably you know unsure about whether that was the the right way to go and thank god it's not me calling the shots because he was outstanding yesterday and for many people he was uh, their man of the match and you can't argue really with that too much um it's it's the the different ways that he poses a threat which is so impressive and something that we've probably missed like you say the way he's able to control with his chest uh, for the first goal um, and get into that space first and foremost, create that little bit of space is phenomenal. But more impressive for me was, yeah, the second goal. The way that you know he's crucial to the early kind of play in that build-up, um, a fantastic Borna cross, and he, and he acknowledged um, how great it is to have someone like Borna feeding balls at that through to you. But his run was quite late. You know, it was really clever of him to hold back and time that perfectly, so that you know he was he was pretty much wild open when uh, Borna's fantastic cross eventually um, met, his head, met his head it was just beautiful to watch and yeah him all, all the front three I think has, has been mentioned were fantastic yesterday but Ruth in particular especially for the fact that there was probably some question marks of whether or not he would start and maybe if Wright perhaps would have been a, a better option um, Yeah, he completely silenced that and it just shows that I guess increase in overall squad quality. I think from Scott last Wright, year, Roof's think, a fantastic example.
1: Yeah, I think Scott Wright has benefited from, you know, maybe the expectation level wasn't that high and he's came in. He's looked very good in these appearances and also the kind of thrill of the new uh and people have been getting you're very excited by that. And we, we do always like new players at the club, but uh, uh, when people have been asking me for what do you think the team will be for the last few weeks, and I've, I've always said Ruf or Hadji up front, and they've said well, you know, what about Scott Wright? And I'm like, well you asked me what I think the team will be, not what team I'd pick. Um, and it's clear that the manager has still has Hadji and, and Ruth ahead of him, uh, which is fine. Which you you know, Scott, Scott Wright's ahead of He's he's progressed really at Rangers. He's ahead of I'm sure where they expected him to be at this point. So it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, when Ruth plays like that, you, you absolutely understand that, that that's what you know what brought him to the party and why he's such a good player. But it, it really did feel like a massive performance for him because you know, we do judge strikers and old firm goals and, and to, to pop up with a couple was, was utterly fantastic. Martin, Jack Simpson, um really Forced into Rangers, Rangers forced into playing him, as the manager said at his press conference on Friday. Short of playing himself, uh, it was going to be Jack Simpson in there. Um, some ropey moments, and I think that there were a couple of times, one in particular in the second half with Edward where he, he didn't cover himself in glory. But overall, you can see that there's a footballer in there. And a, you on the ball is intelligent. To me, he looks a wee bit like uh, a guy that I've, so Danny Wilson and that there's occasionally you think there's a concentration thing that he needs to sort out, but you can kind of see at least why they signed him.
3: Yeah, I don't think that's the worst comparison, to be honest. Um, although still far, far too early to, <coughs> to come to anything conclusive on it. Um, I thought he, he, he was doing okay until the, until the booking, which I thought was harsh.
1: Yeah, booking um, was ridiculous. I mean, he literally I, I, goes I, up for the challenge.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I had to ask people if... I'd miss something. <laughs> um, but, and yeah, he, he's, he's he's one or two moments obviously come after that. So, yeah, we, we I think we talked last week about him, that this would be, this would be a very interesting test. Um, and, yeah, I think he can be, he can be quietly pleased about, uh, about his afternoon's work. Again, was that a Celtic team in top gear? And you know, really um, pushing and pushing and pushing and uh, put us under um, concerted pressure, though it wasn't. Um, but yeah, I, th- I see what you're meaning. I, th- I think he overall came through all right. Um, but you know, there, there, there were a couple of moments. But <laughs> talking about the just the centre half in general. There's another goal from a corner. Um, obviously, this concentration question. You know, two minutes after we scored. Um, Hellander's one of those players That we really, really don't know Until he's, well that, yes. that's fair We we do know, I think we do appreciate But that appreciation is tenfold when he's not there
1: And it's um, taken us a long time I think collectively to get to it And I think now you're right, people do know When he's when he's not there I would say that, you know, don't get me wrong Simpson is certainly, as far as I'm concerned If Katic was fit uh, And everyone's fit, he's certainly fifth in the queue From what I've seen, don't get me wrong
3: I, Again, that, that's, that's probably fair um but he hasn't played a lot of football i don't know what what we're expecting um we did this conversation last week about quite a few of our fringe players and um, because we don't rotate a lot we've, we've used like in a kind of core of 14 15 maybe that when we do make kind of the wholesale changes and we we, we are bringing the guys that are outside of that core other than Patterson, who's obviously a special talent, I'm not sure what, what we're expecting in terms of like the cohesion and the, the self assurance and, and everything else. They've not played football. And Simpson hasn't played a lot of football we were born with before he came. So it's still, still far too early to, to tell. But that, that was the defensive lesson. Um, and listen, everyone, all of them have stood up this season. The record's exceptional. balligan has been a very astute signing. But Halander's the boy mm, by a mile.
1: Next to Golden, who no. I think has been. the boy. I, I agree, Halander is a fantastic defender, but in combo. And uh, Golden's a defensive organiser and leader. Uh, and I know that you could throw up the goal yesterday at me, but um, anyway, it's a nice problem to have with the two of them, being there. Who's the better one is a good argument to have, as opposed to the old days of Rangers Centre have so, um, <laughs> the last 10 years. is like, is he the worst ever? No, it could be him. Um, I still think Russell Martin still um, is leading the queue for me in that one. On that, Ian, um, in terms of you know Rangers' ability to recover from a setback. Now, obviously, we would like less setbacks. Um, we would like to still be in the cup, for example. But I do think that we don't have to remember that far back that any sort of any kind of unexpected bump in the road, even under Gerard, that you could kind of put your your money on Rangers maybe having a week or two where we could be in a bit of bother and that doesn't happen now. I mean, Sunday was, last Sunday, sorry, was absolutely gutting. I mean, it really was. And then, you know, a funereal mood after it, but go out and smack Celtic 4-1 the following week with uh, an injury and suspension hit team kind of, to me, demonstrates a mental strength that up to this season, we just haven't seen.
2: We've not seen that mental strength, David, for years. (laughs) Let's face it, you know, we we get parked down the league, Hardly any players, we've worked our way back It's only three years ago that we were, they were down to ten men And we were winning, what was it, 2-1 That was two at, each uh, Two each, sorry And they make a change, a good change And they go on and win the game And then we collapse for the, the, the rest of the season We go to the Scottish Cup, we get hammered And Celtic take pity on us at, at Parkhead here we are, three years on. You're right; those first two seasons under, under Gerard, we had bumps in the road that took us two or three weeks to get over. Not now. That, that's a that's a mental strength that uh, that's a that's a Walter Smith mental strength. I think that you would see Walter's teams sometimes go out a cup, and they'd relish the next game. And that's what I think. That's what we've seen the last week. We've gone out the cup with a whimper. It was borderline farcical, um, but we went out, and and we had to come out. and I think we, I think we deserved a bit of a show yesterday. Uh, like, like I said earlier, a wee bit reserved around. Are we going to get it? It is the end of season, really. But it does show that they've got a self-belief, an inner self-belief that they can come out and they can perform in those top games despite the, dis- the the disappointment, put it to one side, box it off in your mind and go out and play your game. And we saw that during the game yesterday as well, David, that they had a good opening 10 minutes or so. We took over with the ball. They get the man sent off rightly. We score the goal. We shut off and they score. At that point, we could have wobbled a little, but we didn't. We just went, Right, fuck. Who said it was okay for them to score, right? Back up the park and get back on it. Give Kent the ball, give Aribo the ball. That's what we saw yesterday. We saw us treat Celtic with the respect that Celtic deserve.
1: Any issues with the red card? Because uh, obviously, John Kennedy, as we know, um, was very unhappy with it. I must admit, having watched it repeatedly and, and tried very hard to take my blue tinted specs off. It's two yellow cards, as far as I could see.
2: It's it's a red, of course. It's if you're given a yellow for Jack Simpson and his challenge, then both of Callum McGregor's challenges are worse. The first one is a booking by the letter of law. The second one's even worse. If I'm a if I'm a Celtic fan, bear with me. Uh, if I'm a Celtic fan. I'd like to think, or, or if that was a Rangers player doing that, I'd like to think I'd be I'd be thinking, you're on a booking, why are you diving into a challenge like that when you don't have to?
1: But isn't that a fundamental difference between Rangers and Celtic supporters, that you're absolutely correct, that their first instinct would be to say, it must be the refs, it's the Illuminati, of course it is. it's Colonel of course Sanders. It is. Whereas with us, uh, we would say... Okay maybe slight disagreement on the first booking Which incident I still can't see Because you know he's away from him And he just brings a leg through Deliberately smacks into him it's, it's a booking But we would be on at our player For going you're on a yellow Why are you diving in like that?
2: Yeah every single day of the week It's the bravest man in sport Doing his job interview Via the media That's that's all it is Well I think that
1: that ship might have sailed a few weeks ago To be quite honest with you But uh, even so Caroline, Alfredo Morelos, we'd all said it. He, if he gets one in these games, he just needs that first one. Because it was in his head. I don't think it's unfair to say it was in his head. We know this, and understandably so. And there was a focus on it, not just from the media, although from the media, but from us as well. He hadn't scored in an old-firm game. He hadn't scored an old-firm game. He gets one, and then yesterday, wow. I mean, that hit. I, I, I saw some... Some people criticising the Celtic goalkeeper. I I don't think I'd normally stand up for a Celtic goalkeeper, but I'm not entirely sure what they wanted him to do. I mean, short of having Alan McGregor in there, that was going in. What a goal.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. And you're right, it, it probably wasn't just playing on Alfredo's mind. We were seeing him put in phenomenal performances against... Teams in Europe of a much higher quality than than Celtic and see him score fantastic goals. So it just felt like that one tiny piece of the puzzle that wasn't quite fitting uh, until he got that that first goal. And like you say, since then, um, not only has he you know added to it, but he's added to it with probably the most spectacular goal you could hope for, um, getting the nutmeg on on Brown in his uh, final. It's uh, one song, <laughs> old firm game, and then going on to to hit it on his weaker foot with such pace and precision. Like you say, I actually didn't think really there was an awful lot their keeper could have done. Um, it was just a fantastic goal, and seeing even Ayers' reaction, um, he kind of shields himself because it was an absolute bullet of a goal. And I'm so chuffed for Alfredo because, um, he's taken an absolute slagging as as you know some of our other players over the years. Um from fans of, of other teams in, in Scotland uh, but his quality yesterday particularly for that goal but also in the way that he uh, supported and, and created space and like was just a menace in the same way that, that Kent and Roof were um, is definitely one that he'll savour and his celebration I mean is rendering cuter than what he, he did to celebrate just beautiful.
1: I think it's fair to say he enjoyed it yes Um, I think it's very, very fair to say that he enjoyed that goal a great deal. And speaking of people who enjoyed their goal, Martin Jermaine Defoe came on um, for the last five minutes or so and nearly got one just before he was ruled offside, although he put it by a post, but in typical Jermaine Defoe fashion, didn't let that bother him. And then (laughs) I loved this goal because as was beautifully put by a guy on... On Twitter yesterday, um, there's Celtics. You know, big hope for the future in their defence. Uh, Stephen Mark McNally Welsh. Uh, he is being sent out outran and then sent for a hot dog by a guy old enough to get both COVID jabs.
3: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was just really really nice. <clears throat> Obviously, we we're talking about this this margin and and as I said earlier, the, the fourth means so much more than just, just one goal difference from, from three to four. It gives a whole complexion change, but he's been such a he's such a pro throughout his career, but he's he's really given us a turn um his attitude spot on and ah, it was really, really good to see him get his goal, his old firm goal. And if that's you know one of the final things he does for us then then great. Um and he the way he took it, he just He's oh. class. He's just class. Just no, no panic. Um, we've talked about Marells in all foreign games in, until now, Um being presented with lots of opportunities and just maybe just lacking that bit of composure. But again, so easy, so easy. Um, he's just, he's just a very likable guy, Defoe,
1: is not he. Yeah, he has. And and Ian, it's something that people. Say a lot that I don't really agree with, which is, oh, there's no room for sentiment in football. Well, maybe not in the the business side of it, i.e., you know, for clubs, but but there is for fans. You are allowed to be sentimental. I mean, the whole thing is based on sentiment. When you think about, you know, we love our club, etc. Um, for me, I've loved having Jermaine Defoe at Rangers. I'm proud that that he played for Rangers because as as Martin says, he's such a, a likable guy, such a good pro as well. He's been. Good for Rangers. You know he scored quite a lot of goals. People people might be surprised by the amount of goals he scored. I think now that's him scored against uh, twelve of the thirteen uh, SPFL teams he's faced in his time here. But on top of that, he's been terrific for Alfie. There's just no doubt about that at all. He's been a terrific voice in the dressing room, and I'm I'm just I'm proud that he played for us, and I'm delighted that we were able to give him that elusive championship medal.
2: He's, a, he's he's quite clearly a leader and he's quite clearly a mentor to, not just, to, absolutely to Alfie, but, but not just him. I mean, you, you, you've you heard quite a lot of the, the guys in the dressing room wax lyrical about him. Clearly liked in the dressing room. Um, I doubt he'll be here after the summer. Uh, I'd actually quite like to see him stay, if I'm being honest, David. You know, he might not get a lot of game time, but from what I hear, what he gives in that dressing room is... Invaluable. You know, you've got Gary McAllister and you've got Steven Gerrard, world class, certainly Stephen Gerrard, world class midfielder these days. Gary McAllister was an exceptional midfield player. You've got a guy who's been there, seen it, done it with loads of teams, including England um, up front. You know, and all of these guys are just passing on everything that they know to our squad. I, I genuinely fail to see what's bad about that. And then, of course, to top it off, he comes off the bench. He gets you know a handful of minutes. He gets one chance, fluffs it. Second chance. I mean, Jesus Christ, poor Mark McNally, uh, Mark no, two. It was uh, beautiful. I I mean, he, he he thought he was on a damn roundabout at that point, and you know, left on his arse, sticks it in the corners. That's a very hard finish because the ball's stuck in his feet, um, but he still just guides it. Nice and calm into the far corner. His celebration, he was clearly so delighted. So were his teammates. And for me, that says everything about the guy. Yeah. And how he's how he's held in regard.
1: Pick other players out. I thought Stephen Davis again yesterday. Fantastic. There was one moment, Caroline, in the in the first half, where he sees I think Conor Goldson in a bit of trouble and just breaks his neck to get there. Goal saving tackle. And of course, No, no, Alan McGregor, I say, he's no right to make. Touching the, I think it was a strike from El Yunusi onto the bar. These two old-timers, if you didn't know their age, I don't think that you would think that they were veterans. Their performances this season, and not only their performances, but their consistency throughout the whole year, has been first class.
0: Absolutely, yeah. To touch on your first point, Davis. in in that exact moment where he was covering for Golden, he absolutely busted a gut to get back and, and, you know, make that tackle. And it's just that drive and determination that doesn't seem to wane with Davis, despite his age. Um, And he talks about in interviews, the desire as well of wanting to finish the season strong. It just seems that there's that laser focus again that I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, I, I... you know, can't help but admire the the fact that at his age and at his stage in his career, he can still bring that. And like you say with McGregor, it's almost boring talking about it, but it's not because it's so remarkable. The fact that he's able to, in almost every game, make a save, which on any given week is is you know world beating. And that touch that he got to the Eluneusi shot. You know, at first glance, I thought I'm, I'm not sure he got anything on that, but when you watch the replay. Uh, from the kind of side angle and you see just that touch enough to get it onto the bar, it's quite phenomenal. And it's um, one of the clear, one of the many clear marked differences between us and Celtic this year. We've got someone really dependable um, who can give you something week on week that's the difference maker in a game. Uh, So yeah, for, for both of them, I'm absolutely delighted. And like you say, despite their age, despite whatever else, they're too players that will be contenders for um, for kind of play of the season and will absolutely be able to savour picking up that trophy.
1: Martin, something that we've talked about in the past and it's something that you've mentioned before in the past, which is end of season old fun games when the league has been decided. Um, and unfortunately for us over the last few years, uh, going back a decade really, that it's been them who have been miles out in front. And we used to see it a lot in the 90s under Walter when we'd, and as Toggy said, when our players had already phoned Dialaboos and were on it, that they would get the victory and then you would hear, ah, well, we're not that far away. And it reminded me of us a couple of years ago when we beat Celtic 2-0 in that last... And it was, a, it was great. You know, we mm-hmm. still on their second victory against them since coming back up. And uh, we really... But, it does allow you to maybe delude yourself a little bit and say, well, we're not that far off when you're not really taking into consideration the whole thing. Rangers didn't even give Celtic that possibility yesterday because there was no chance of anyone deluding themselves about how big this gap is Rangers went out there and said not only will we, we demonstrate it biggest Old Firm victory um, our biggest Old Firm victory in 20 years but but it's actually the biggest Old Firm victory since uh, those, those hammerings that Ian referred to before Stephen Gerrard took over it it was so comprehensive
3: No, no you're absolutely right um, we've been very guilty of it recently uh, well, you know in the last few years of Seeing 190 minutes and thinking, you know, there's some highlights there that what, what kind of positives can you take out? And Celtic used to be dreadful for it. Um, remember they beat us at Hamden uh, 3 0, second or third last game, we'll see. Oh. <laughs> and it just gives this summer of, of a buzz being about the place and all that, Bolts. Um, yeah, be, beware the glow of, of uh, you know the, the, the dead rubber. Um, it was, I go back again, it, it was a statement the result just in just terms of the numbers. I mean, we all wanted five, let's be honest, but we'll we'll take that. But it was a statement performance for, for that very reason. Um to say there's nothing riding on it is is probably a wee bit disingenuous. We we do have this run still mm. going on, in the league and it's pretty much all we have now, uh, because of the cup um disaster last week. So clearly that's still there, but you're absolutely right, it was a a final twist. Um of that blade and uh, in, in this season. Um there's another side to that coin though Davey and, and I'm sure we won't be affected by it. I hope we won't. We need to be be wary of of reading too much into to this as well. Things change or can change quickly in in the world of the old firm. Um that last big old firm victory we, it must be the Advocate one surely the four 0 Mm-hmm. And we're getting to a summer twenty odd points ahead. Um, we need to reset again um, come August and 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 not read too much into the the parity the no parity um, the, the the absolute gulf that there is at the moment um, because you know things things can change and we, we need to keep the foot down. Um, but yeah, yesterday was just about them and us just giving us something to to properly enjoy. Um and them as a squad just making that statement, yeah.
1: Ian, is that the, the key point really that we need to remember that this is in many ways a dead team. That this Celtic team will be completely broken up in the summer by Hooker by Crook. That while it, it it is great, a new chapter will begin for them. Now it could go it could go worse, it could go badly It could go alright, it could go brilliantly We don't know, but equally what we do know is We won't be facing that team Next season, we'll be facing a different one And as I say, it could be a worse one, hopefully It will be, but it, it You can't really take anything In terms of saying, well we hammered them The last time, we'll, we'll hammer them the next Because we're not going to face that team again
2: uh, Yeah, they're a mess They're a joke uh, I, 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 you know. And I'm not Genuinely not underplaying that in my my head, David. I think they are. A, they they've become a uh, you, Martin. You used the word their parody. I think that is the word. They. Uh, you've only got to look yesterday. Well, uh,
1: to, to be fair, he used the word parody. Well, but, true, but it's uh,
2: close. We'll, we'll just gloss over that. Um, <laughs> uh, take the lights of Christopher Iyer He he of cheering his own tackles fame. He's 3-1 down attempting a no-look back pass to the goalkeeper with two uh, minutes to one go. One of the
1: funniest things I've ever seen on a football park because if you haven't seen this, vlog, it's, it's on Twitter. Go and have a look for it. Just just search for uh, IR no-look pass because the first thing about it is is there's no reason to do it. Secondly, the Rangers player, Hadji, coming in on him isn't looking at his face. He's looking at the ball, so it doesn't fool him. And thirdly, what the fuck? It's
2: And that's why I think Parody that that's what they've turned into. They're, they're, they're a shell and a shambles. The the comparison with the lights of 2000, um, I mean, we I think took our eye off the ball and an and advocate tried to fix a lot of things that weren't broken. If you look at Celtic, they've got a heap of guys on loan who'll, who'll be leaving, four of them I think. Scott Brown's going. You'll probably find Iyer, Christie, Rogic, Griffiths, Edward, and Cham probably all go. Um, so they're left with three keepers that no one wants. And then, you know, let's face it, squad players. They've got a massive, massive rebuilding job. But us, we've got to assume that they make that rebuilding job. We keep our eye on the ball. We, you know, we, we don't need wholesale change. We need probably one or two first team improvements. And if people go, Replacements of adequate quality, and we just need to continue that step change improvement, David, of both the first team and the squad. Because I think what we've seen is under Gerard we by and large always had the first eleven. You could argue that, you know, maybe first season, by and large. But that first season, if you scraped at the first eleven, what was underneath it wasn't wasn't great. Second season got a bit better. Mentality not there. Third season, we've seen we've got strength and depth to a, a a better degree and a steeliness about us. We now need to just small improvements to the first team, small improvements to the squad. Assume they get better and come back out fighting for August.
1: Caroline, Ian makes a good point there, which is about future success and almost dynastic success, if you like, um, as much as you can do. I don't, I don't think that you know nine years in a row, as, as Celtic have done, as we did in the past, that that comes up very often. But, you know, twos and threes are, are what you should certainly be looking to achieve. And when one go on and retain it in Scotland, there is a pattern of that going on. Unlike certain other leagues, like the EPL springs to mind it's quite a difficult one to retain. But we are in a strong position. We will lose players in the summer, players that in an ideal world we would like to keep, but equally, we are in a position now. We've got a tilt at the Champions League. We've got that confidence of crossing the line. Well, not the finished article. The Cups have reminded us of that. But equally, there should now surely be this this laser light focus on now we've got the first one, the most difficult to win. And, and in particular, 55 was always going to be the most difficult one to win of, of, of many because of the circumstances before it. But now we've got it. It's a case of saying, right, okay, let's let's build on this. We've given ourselves such a solid foundation.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, this was probably the highest pressure title race, you know, we we could have faced and um, we we handled it brilliantly. We've seen very um, recent examples from across the city of how complacency and overconfidence can creep in and you can very quickly decline on that. Um so so that with the fact that within our own squad and uh, the fact that the, the cup performances just have not been up to, to scratch gives us our own motivation for improvement and making sure that we we really keep striving. And I think Gerard and his entire team really do set fantastic standards that way and they're they're constantly looking for you know the next best thing even with Gerard saying, you know despite us winning the league, they've had constant mini goals if that's what you you want to call them um since that, and even now the the kind of um the ability to to get over a hundred points and and be unbeaten across the season that's a huge motivator, but like you say it very much depends how things go in the summer i've I've kind of resigned myself to the fact we'll of course lose probably a couple of star players um I'm, you know, fully confident though that that Gerrard and, and Wilson have, you know, clear succession planning. If not within the the squad, then they've got identified targets that they know that could come in and not just do a job, uh, but be real quality replacements. Because we want to, like we've done in the Europa League, we want to give ourselves a really good showing uh, in the Champions League. Hopefully this year, if we qualify. Um, and that's got to be all the motivation you need For not only the existing crop of players That, that do stay beyond the summer But anyone else that you're bringing in
1: I think that's key, that, that phrase, do a job That That's a self-limiting thing Now, you obviously won't have a player Nobody has the budget for it To have Ryan Kent and a Ryan Kent sitting waiting to come in uh, That That's just, a, you know, that's Manchester City stuff It's not any other club really so you you need to understand there will be a drop-off. But you've got to have players who can play. And I think we, we've we been guilty of that, certainly over the last decade, of having guys that you go, I can do a job up until we actually do need to use them. And then you're like, ah, really, um, hasty back to the first-teamer. So the guys that are coming in, as you've mentioned there, Caroline, they, they, they've got to be able to, guys that you say, okay, we accept that there will be a bit of a drop-off, but it shouldn't be a chasm, I suppose is what I'm saying.
0: No, definitely not. And we know that we've had, in particular, in the last few years, a couple of gems where we've really got players probably a little bit beyond their means. Through you know finding Alfie from a kind of um, you know a league that's maybe a bit underutilized, um, getting Kent for you know not a small amount of money, but the fact that he's come from such a strong um, development uh, kind of um, system in, in Liverpool, and we've been able to get a player of that calibre and quality uh, and also a rebuild through kind of um the, the small fee that we had to pay it, it's it's getting quality like that and and f- yeah finding gems where we can and building upon that spine of the team and and Gerrard talks a lot about his leaders so long as we have in those key roles um strong leaders on the pitch then you can afford to um to have you know players that maybe aren't quite the finished article, uh, but very close to it um, and have a, a squad that can do fantastic things like we've seen Rangers do this season. Martin,
1: we mentioned earlier uh, last scene going for a wander in the vicinity of Alfredo Morelos's goal, Scott Brown, a lot of focus on him from the media. I was going to say before the game, but I noticed on sports scene that rather than uh, show us an analysis of our third and fourth goals, they chose to do a... A kind of this is your life of his moments. Uh, and and to me, if you wanted his career, if you were to, to plot it um, in his time at, at, at Celtic, it would resemble a sort of upside down you, because when he first arrived at Celtic and we had midfielders of the, 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 the likes of, sort of Kevin Thompson, Pedro Mendes, etc., uh, Barry Ferguson, uh, he didn't. He didn't achieve very much. Then, of course, what happened to Rangers happened and uh, he got to boss it for a few years against the St. Johnson's and Motherwell's and Aberdeens of this world. And then Rangers built back up and he leaves after his last half a dozen old fun games um, ended in a record of one draw, five defeats. Um, I think that this is probably one of the biggest Scottish football myths of all time. I think that there's been almost a collective... Uh, decision that was made at the time that, that Celtic were going to promote him as something special, that the media, who's always had good relations with, were, were going to promote him as something special. But I'm delighted that as far as I'm concerned, he's gone out the way he came in, which is, yes, he was able to bit slap Josh Windass and Jason Holt about, but he's the flattest of flat track bullies. And as soon as a challenge came, I think, he reverted to, to what he was which was always a very average midfielder who got by on the fact that he wears T-shirts when it's cold
3: Yeah, myth's a world flat track bully is is, is the phrase really um, it, it's just a, a natural consequence of the, the kind of asterisk years I guess in terms of assessing how, how good that Celtic team was if you wanted to give them some credit um, if we absolutely had to yeah, he did look done um, in that twenty sixteen Scottish Cup semi final, and and Rodgers did get more out of him. Um, but when you when you, you're a key part of a team that has zero challenge for so long, then the only way not to get out being called up or being considered is, is, is something of a of a myth uh, by any normal standard of media reporting would be to do it in Europe. Um which I d I don't think he, he ever really he pulled up any trees. As you said, it's 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 going to, to St Petersburg and, and wearing a T shirt um and then getting chucked about like a wet trackie by, by good teams. Um that that it's not just for Brown it is it's that team. They, they can't just be judged by, by any rational measurement on on the numbers they, they racked up in Scotland because they were basically playing football themselves at the grand spit. I mean, there was <laughs> nothing going on. So unless you're unless you're, you're backing that up, as I said, by by consistent shows in Europe, and B, if we're being honest, getting a proper offer and taking that offer to go down south and and take that step up. Um. Then, then no, it's, it, it's a huge it's a huge inflation I think, and it was I mean, like we hate rival players that's the, the, the nature of this business um, and someone talked about having the last laugh there is no last laugh in football it doesn't exist, keeps moving on keeps moving, we'll be you know, back under it at some point where you, you enjoy your times at the top, but that's his finale at Celtic obviously um,
1: and it's been, it's been a beautiful thing to watch Ian, I'm certainly going to enjoy when he when he comes to, to Ibrox with Aberdeen and gets you know four or five put by him. Um, First day of the season, please. First day of the season. i yeah, Flag Day. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, Flag Day would be nice. Um, I thought I thought the way he went off rather summed up the end of his his Celtic career. Everything that you both have said is 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 spot on. Um, a decent football player who turned into um, flat track bully. All he wants to do is wind up the opposition support, cheering his pal Lee Griffiths on to not get fit, instead, you know, tie scarves and post and all that type of stuff. He did nothing yesterday. And I don't know if you boys caught the Sky Sports intro. I mean, it was almost as if it was yesterday with Scott Brown's testimonial. Um and well, he played. certainly played like it was. Oh uh, yeah, but there was plenty pre match around. Uh, this could be Scott Brown's last chance if he turns up. Celtic have got a good chance, etc. He did nothing. He was megged by Alfie, um, and it, it it stank yesterday of an act of mercy. He's cheated a career, I think. Because I, I agree with Martin. If he's going to show he's he's a top player that you know we're all told he was, leave and show or do it in Europe. Never did either. I just I just genuinely think he's he's a he's a fraud and I do look forward to him coming to Ibrox next season.
1: As we all do when he can come with Aberdeen and face the champions, hopefully in front of a full Ibrox again. Right. Thank you so much then to everyone for listening to us today. My thanks to my splendid guest, first of all, Ian Hogg.
2: Pleasure mate, I think yesterday we saw, do you remember three years ago Celtic on about Espanolification I think we've just reversed that, spanked them again and in third year To Caroline Morrison
0: Yes, thank you David, Um, a pleasure to talk about uh, yesterday's game And yeah, to Ian's point, yesterday seeing Kings of Scotland banner in Ibrox Set the tone for us completely annihilating them, so yeah, fantastic day
1: and to Martin Ramsey. Martin, I think you've earned the LEMSIP.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would apologise for the voice, but I, I can't fully describe how nice it was, how normal it felt to be watching a game and celebrating goals by, you know, jumping up and down and, and hugging your pals. Um, things that we take for granted so for so often. Um, so, yeah, no apologies at all. Uh, it was uh, It was a special day.
1: Thank you to everyone for listening and please remember you can get much more, much more if you're enjoying a bit of smug mode at the moment by going to our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where from just £1.99 per month you will get up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers, all things football and a few other things as well. So if you like your podcast, well you use it the gym, long walks, whatever um, we are the place to go to my thanks to our executive producers in London Mike Lee and Paul Myers and we will be with you again with a preview next week for the Livingston game so until then take care and enjoy 55, bye bye
0: Podcast Network.